treasures of his grace to enrich the humble poor. Our glad hosannas, Prince of Peace, thy welcome so proclaim. And hence eternal In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in this stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake in your presence. My soul waits for the Lord more than they that watch in the morning, more than the watchmen for the morning. For he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. 
that you would rend the heavens and calm down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely Until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down might be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for Roate Chele, the fourth Sunday in Advent, is written in the 18th chapter of the Deuteronomy, the fifth book of Moses, beginning at the 15th verse. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him that you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Choreb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, It is right that they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he will speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless the holy name forever and ever. The epistle lesson is written in the fourth chapter of St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians, beginning at the fourth verse. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Alleluia. is written in the first chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 39th verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zacharias and was greeted by Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the voice of your greeting came to my ears, the babe leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things to me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the gospel of the Lord. Speak to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, very God of very God, begotten not made, by whom all things were made, who for us men, and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
And finally, St. Paul used the same word St. Mary used when he writes to the Philippians in Philippians 1, 20 and 21, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I should not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored, that is, Christ will be megaluno, he'll be, ex- ex- he'll be magnified in my body, whether I live or by death, for, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Yeah, thus our lives as Christian brothers and sisters and our deaths magnify God. Yeah, St. Paul's aim is the, mag- is the magnifying of Christ by his life and by his death. And again in 2 Corinthians 10, 15, St. Paul hopes to be magnified with the increase of the Corinthians' faith. Therefore, when St. Mary sings, Megaluni, my soul magnifies the Lord's. Lord, this word, these words express the strong ardor and exuberant joy with which all her mind and life are inwardly exalted in the Spirit. Therefore, she does not say, I exalt the Lord, but rather, my soul doth exalt him. Martin Luther observes. And then Luther goes on to say, it is as if she said, my life and all my senses, they float in the love and praise of God and in the lofty pleasures so that I am no longer mistress of myself. I am exalted more than I exalt myself to praise the Lord. This, Luther writes, is the experience of all those who are saturated with the divine sweetness of, and spirit. They cannot find words to utter what they feel. For the praise, the Lord with gladness is not the work of man. No. No, we don't want to praise the Lord with gladness, do we? That's not, that's our work is to be praised ourselves. Not to praise God. Luther's conclusion is a good one. It's something that we sinful people cannot grasp. Because we are by nature sinful and unclean, aren't we? We are like Isaiah who in chapter 6 laments, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Yes, all our thoughts and desires are soiled with sin, aren't we? And with God, his thoughts and his goals are the polar opposite of our own. You know, his, his ideas are as high above us as the heavens are above the depths of the sea. Are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts? Yes, and so the scriptures are full of examples of how when others receive a similar visitation, when they receive a similar announcement of great good news and great joy, they do not respond with faith. And how often in our own lives have we been confronted with good things and we did not respond in faith either? More than we'd like to admit. I know, more than I'd like to admit. Consider Genesis 18, right? Where the Lord appeared to Abraham and and then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. 
and Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, which is an under which is an understatement. She was ninety; he was a hundred. You know, they 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 were they had left Ur of the Chaldees. They had left their hometown in 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 Ur of the Chaldees, what we call Iraq today, to follow the Lord, because the Lord was going to make them a great nation. It was going to make Abraham a great nation, and he was going to have. He was going to have so many heirs that the sands of the sea would be a comparable comparison. Or the stars of the heavens would be a comparable comparison. And not the heavens we see every night with the light pollution, but like out in Montana where there's, no, where there's nobody hardly. Where you see all the stars. Right? And he and his wife were still childless. So this should be good news, right? Should be good news. But Sarah was past the age of childbearing, and therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After, after I have grown old, shall I have the pleasure, my Lord, uh, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah, your, Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Well, is there? See, I think the reality is we would never explicitly say that, right? Especially in Sunday school, right? But I think implicitly we believe there are things too hard for the Lord. Our actions betray our belief, do they not? I know mine do. But if God can raise the dead, why can't he resurrect Sarah's fertility? It's a good question, right? Secondly, there's Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. He's a Hebrew priest. He's an Aaronic priest, right? And um, whose wife, like Sarah, is childless, and she's also elderly. We don't know how old she is, but she's definitely past the age of having children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. As he stands at the right side of the altar of incense, and the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will turn. And he will be great. Many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel to their God. And Zechariah said to the angel, how, how, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to you to tell you this, and you do not believe my word. So therefore you will not speak until all these things take place. And again, the angel Gabriel appeared to a priest. A priest, clergy. And he didn't believe it. See, it's the problem with we, we the clergy, you know, that we're so familiar with the things of God that we struggle with our faith probably more than you, the laity, do. I think that's true. I really do think it's true. So do we believe it? 
Do we believe the angel Gabriel? Do we believe that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer? And finally, the angel comes to the Blessed Virgin Mary, a teenage girl. We don't know how old she was, maybe 13, maybe 14. Very young, too young, really. And the angel Gabriel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And she believed what he said to her. See, this is the true, the true miracle of Advent and Christmas, the, the Christmas octave that goes from Advent 1 to, to the Transfiguration. This is the real miracle, the, the greatest miracle, according to Luther and Ambrose and some of the ancient fathers. They believe this is the real miracle. It is not as significant a miracle as, as conceiving in a womb. God conceives children in wombs every single day. You know. Even a virgin conception is, is not as amazing as this. That, that God would speak to a sinner and the sinner would agree with God. This is awesome. And the angel said to her, for with God nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me According to your word. In other words, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Literally, she's speaking the Lord's Prayer, the essence of it, before, while, her, while the Lord is being conceived in her womb. It is the belief of, of Ambrose of Milan that, that, that literally Mary is conceiving as Gabriel is speaking. I think he's probably right. But look at how different Mary's response is compared to Sarah and Zacharias. They doubt, she doesn't. We doubt. She doesn't. And that's why the ancient fathers called Mary the icon or the image of the church. Because the true church doesn't doubt God's word. The true church says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would that most of us were part of the true church most days, huh? Would that I was. Thy will be done. Yes, in a real sense, we see Mary's obedience reversing the disobedience of Eve, says Justin Martyr. Yes, just as Jesus is the second Adam, and Mar so therefore Mary, in a very real sense, according to the Apostolic Fathers, was a second Eve. And the angel's words to Mary in her response are amazing, aren't they really? Irenaeus of Lyon, who, who was an apostolic father, he dies in Gaul, near the, the present city of Lyon, France, because he was, in, you know, before he was martyred. It's thought that maybe St. Luke was his catechist, or maybe St. John. He writes, So the Lord now manifestly came to his own, born by his own created order, that he himself bears that he, by his obedience on the tree, renewed and reversed what was done by the disobedience in connection with the tree. He says, Christ comes to be obedient unto death, even death on the cross. In other words, Irenaeus is saying, 
so that he might reverse what happened in the first tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden when we were all plunged into sin, death, and destruction. Yes, the power of that seduction by which the virgin Eve, already betrothed to a man, had been wickedly seduced, was broken when the angel of truth brought good tidings to the virgin Mary, who already was betrothed and belonged to a man. For as Eve was seduced by the word of an angel, the devil, to flee from God, having rebelled against his word, so Mary, by the word of an angel, in this case Gabriel, received glad tidings that she would bear God by obeying his word. The former was seduced to disobey God and fell. The latter was persuaded to obey God. And through her son, we are elevated into eternal life through what Jesus Christ, her son, does on our behalf. It's profound, isn't it? It's profound how St. Mary's child changes everything. That's the reason why she's called the Blessed Virgin. Not because she's better than any of us, but because God gave her the blessings of faith by grace. And that's how she can sing, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Right? Because without and before she sang, my soul doth magnify the Lord, we were all imprisoned under Eve's disobedience. Hopelessly imprisoned under the unbreakable chains of God's law that demands from us perfection, but in which we can never, ever, ever, ever fulfill Though some have tried and failed. And haven't we all felt those chains of the law? And even when we have heard the good news of God's word, how often have we reacted like Eve or Sarah or Zacharias with unbelief and doubt? I know I have too often. I do too often. To my shame and profound sadness and regret. But the good news is there is a solution. That's the good news. And that solution is not within ourselves. That solution will emerge on Christmas from the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And in his death on the cross, when he finishes paying for our debts... He will be wrapped in grave clothes and laid in a tomb. And just as Jesus emerges from the womb of the virgin, so he emerges from the tomb on Easter. And that's why we also today can rejoice in the Lord our Savior. For he has regarded the low estate, not just of his handmaiden, but of us. And behold, from henceforth all generations shall call not her alone blessed, but us as well. Right? We're all blessed. We're blessed because God chose to use her flesh to become our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And just as Christ oversh- Christ's spirit overshadowed her, the Virgin Mary, so, and so therefore Christ also comes to us in the very same manner. He, in the mysterion, the mystery, the sacramentum of holy baptism, Christ Jesus overshadows us as well. And he conceives in our hearts and in our spirits 
faith, which he gives to us through grace, so that we are born again of water and the Spirit. And instead of conceiving a son, God's son, he conceives in us a living heart of faith, as I said before. And so it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives within us. We are transformed in holy baptism from being sinners to being saints. So that we too can say with Mary, let it be done unto me, Lord, according to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. from thy presence and take not thy holy spirit from me restore unto me joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit be with you. Lord Jesus, receive these gifts for the service done on the time of the preaching of thy holy gospel and the right administration of thy sacraments. In your name, O Lord, we pray. Amen.
welcome everybody uh, to the second service. Um, just note the blue news for today. Uh, this is one of those odd years where um, we have Advent 4 in the morning and Christmas Eve at night. And only happens every so many years, but this is one of them. So um, today is technically Advent 4 right now, and then soon as the afternoon, the afternoon, or, you know, then it's then it's going to be Christmas Eve, of course. So there is a 7 p.m. service, and uh, hope that y'all can all attend that. And uh, then tomorrow morning there is a Christmas Day service because tomorrow is Christ Mass. It's Christmas, Christ Mass. That's literally what it means. We're Christ service. So that's tomorrow at 10 a.m. And if you can't make the 10 a.m., we do have the same service identically um, at Concordia at noon tomorrow as well. So um, three services today here to noon at Concordia today and then also tomorrow noon at Concordia at 10 o'clock here. Good. So and then just note the rest of the blue news. There, there's not going to be any family promise so far. There's nobody in the program right now that that may change. Just to stay tuned. Um, if, if we do get some people in there, we're going to have to activate our um, volunteer volunteers um, for that. But right now, there's nobody in the program, just to let you know. Um, and we have several prayer requests today. Um, some of y'all know Woody and Cloyce Day. Uh, they're, they're, they're both getting really fragile, and uh, Cloyce has got some other additional uh, medical things that I can't really talk about. But just letting you guys know, keep them in your prayers. Uh, and then also... Um, Alfreda East uh, and uh, Pastor Stallworth uh, both need prayer. So does Pastor James Brown. He was the one that ordained Pastor Johnson when he, back in the day. He uh, had a stroke. He's in Pensacola. He's been in rehab for several weeks already from that. And uh, so we'll, we, we need to keep them in our prayers as well. And then Aaron Bird asked that we pray for, um, uh, is it, is it Artie Hinote? Wait, go slow. Artie, high note. Okay, just want to make sure he's in the he's in the um, the the SICU, uh, Where which hospital? UAB. He's at UAB Hospital with some kidney uh, to have a kidney transplant. In when? In heart. Oh goodness. And then also um, we have, we need to pray for Kirk Abernathy. Uh, who uh, has been diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, oh, no, for Debbie, for Debbie Abernathy, whose wife was diagnosed with cancer. So we will pray uh, for Debbie as well. And then um, uh, from first service, we had a request um, for Robert Vitale, who lives in St. Louis. He's in stage four uh, inoperable brain cancer, and he's very, very sick and not expected to, um, not expected to live. So we, and I actually went to school with him uh, when in high school with some, so we'll pray for him as well. The Lord be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, 
for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray this day for Alice and Becca, Joyce and Mary, Mark and Eddie, Norma and Kim, for Suzette and Woody and Cloyce and Shirley and Chris and Elmer, for Para, Chris and Janine, Sugar, Brooke, Janice, Taylor, Melissa, for Danny, Tara, Melissa, Gray, for Bob and Meredith, James and George, Larry Dean and Earl, Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, Hank and Jay, Tracy and Michelle, Carl and Karen, for Jimmy and, and uh, Tina, for George and Ainsley, for Kevin and Ron, Jesse and, and Theo, Easton and, and Waylon and Ryan. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Tatum and Rogers family, the Faust and Callies and Todd family, the Bolton and Grice and Heil family, and the Bolton Davis families. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those who are in service to our country's armed forces, especially Riley and Paul, Hayden and, and Paul, and all of our university students, including Minnie and Aiden and Jacob and Kelsey and Mia. We pray also, Heavenly Father, for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church, let us pray to the Lord. Amen. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead, let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially this day, for uh, Cloyce and Woody, uh, for Alfreda and Ben and James and Robert and um, and Artie and um, for Debbie and Oh Lord God, Heavenly Father, look down upon Thy servants, Cloyce and Woody, Robert and Alfreda, Ben and James, Aaron, uh, Arnie. Artie and Debbie, and look upon them with the eyes of your mercy. And we pray that you will give them comfort and sure confidence in thee, that you would defend them from the dangers of the enemy, and because you are the God who created us fearfully and wonderfully, and also the God who heals us, we pray that you would heal and relieve all the ones we just mentioned of their whatever infirmity they are being um, put under. We ask this in Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you, Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.